This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Blackhawk Up Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch and Patrick McGann. Hello and welcome back to another Black Hawk Up podcast. Patrick, can you believe it's already episode three? It's crazy. Time flies when you're having fun. And uh, that, that's true in this case. It does not feel like we've been doing this for three weeks already, but uh, here we are, number three. And we got a great lineup for you tonight. We're going to be talking about some different fan nights that the Blackhawks announced. And we're going to talk with Jeremiah Lee, Blackhawk Up contributor. I think we had a great conversation with Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah is the man. It was a great conversation. We got some uh, interesting talking points in, so stay tuned uh, for that interview. You're not going to want to miss it. And, Pat, we've already been on the air for about 20 or 30 seconds, and you did not remind me to mention the Kakunemi news with the Carolina Hurricanes. Awesome news there. Uh, yeah, he's heading to Carolina. Montreal can't match the offer. Uh, you can't take the heat out of the kitchen. And, uh, yeah, funny uh, how it all worked out. And, uh so the Canadians yeah. get a first and a third round pick, which yep. they then trade a first and a second round pick to the Arizona Coyotes for Christian Dvorak. Um, Interesting move. That's a, honestly, I, I, I mean, we're not a Canadians pod. We're, you know, we're not, I guess we could be kind of an NHL pod besides just the Blackhawks pod, but that's a, that's an interesting move. Dvorak, he, I mean, he's a, he's a good depth player to add in for the Canadians, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I mean, there you go. They get a first round pick. Um, they send it to, or, I mean, I'm not sure if they sent the exact pick from Carolina to Arizona, but you know, they, either way, first round pick. There's some out. conditions, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But you know, they, they, uh, kind of turns it turned into something. I kind of like that move, um, for Arizona, their roster is looking kind of decimated. I don't even know who's on that team anymore. Cause it was like the Borak, uh, uh, I mean, Domi was on that team at one time, Max Domi. And then, uh, Ackman Larson and uh, maybe another couple other guys I'm forgetting. That's yeah, none of the – most of those guys aren't there anymore. Yeah, um, I know all of them. I was just saying all those yeah. guys aren't there. So it's uh, – wow. I don't even know who's on team. But, if I uh, told you that they – guess how many first-round picks they have going for 2022? The Coyotes? Yeah. I'm going to say three. Yep, they have three first-round picks. Guess how many second-round picks? I'm going to say five. Okay, do you have their cap friendly page pulled up? No, I actually don't. I can <laughs> share my screen. That was, those were two guesses. I mean, I kind yep. of follow the Coyotes. I have their uh, I have their hat over here. I can go throw it on, but because uh, apparently we're also a Kraken pod, you got your uh, <laughs> your Kraken hat on. But I do have a Seattle Kraken hat hat on. Well, it's hard to not talk about the Coyotes. I spent a lot of time with. Uh, I was about to say, you want to go back over and uh, be the site expert over there? I feel like that would work out pretty well. There's a lot of t- a lot to talk about. <laughs> Uh, this is a Blackhawk podcast, so we're going to talk about the Blackhawks now. No, let's go. To, let's start one. Let's start a podcast about the Coyotes too. We can have two going at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you're you're in Utah, so that's geography. Yeah, we're, me, a little bit closer. So yeah, we're a little bit closer. I mean, you know, the way NHL TV is, if I bought NHL TV, or I don't even think they're doing NHL TV. Either, either way, the Coyotes, ESPN Plus, they're blacked out in Salt Lake, which is kind of like it's kind of stupid, like. Some some blackout 
areas for for like tv when you when i i've learned it now being in salt lake city where you, where you don't have like a pro hockey team or a pro baseball team but they get to black out like the the um oh why am i drawing a blank the avalanche avalanche i was why well, I, I want to say hurricanes i don't know why uh the avalanche the coyotes and the golden lights like they, those are all blacked out here so if i like got nhl tv last year and wanted to watch i couldn't watch any of those three teams. it's it's I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if they blacked out Seattle for me if in, in the future. Well, I mean, I wouldn't worry if if uh, the Coyotes end up moving to Houston. Maybe you won't have that uh, problem anymore. Coyotes are moving to Salt Lake. Let's bring them to Salt Lake. Salt Lake. <laughs> <wants> to- <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move that little segment on over to some Blackhawks news. Yeah, the team announced a couple notable games for people to have circled on their calendars. So if you have your calendar out, we'll give you a second. Um, circle these dates. October 21st is Patrick Kane's 1,000th point ceremony. January 13th is Andrew Shaw's Legacy Night versus the Canadians. January 31st is Brent Seabrook's Legacy Night versus the Canucks. March 3rd, Nicholas Chalmerson's Legacy Night versus the Oilers. And April 14th, Pat Foley's celebration. A lot of good things to talk about. Ironically, it kind of comes after we've been talking about how we want numbers retired and all that. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. that's necessarily what's going on here. No, they're not. It would be. Yeah. Uh, they're not. But yeah, I, I know what you're I saying. I would say I would I would be extremely surprised if they did retire numbers during these legacy nights. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully this isn't it. Yeah. Right. Like hopefully there, you know, there's going to be something down the line in ten years or whatever. But, uh, yeah, cool to see they're paying their respects to, uh, to their, you know, these guys that deserve the respect. Um, kind of some notable things to take away from that. Like, first of all, we were saying, you know, during our uh, prep for the podcast that Crawford isn't on there. There's not a Crawford legacy night. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's interesting to think about. But Well, interesting. It's a little cool. Um, Jalmerson's game is against the Oilers, so – if everything goes according to plan, Duncan Keith will be there. Yeah. A little shocked that you don't maybe make that Brent Seabrooks game. Um, but obviously it comes down to the when the players are going to be around in Chicago for it. But um, I think you said it right when you said that hopefully this isn't it. Hopefully this isn't the, right. you know, like uh, it's, 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 it's really good that like Andrew Shaw, Brent Seabrook and Jalmerson, they all retired um, or, you know, are done playing. And that really came out when there was no fans in the stands. Jalmerson has been in Arizona for the past couple of years, but you know, he's, he'll always be remembered as a black cock. Oh yeah. Um, he should, should go in the hall of fame. And if he goes in the hall of fame, it's as a black <laughs> And Andrew Shaw and Brent Seabrook, it, especially for Shaw, cause he did play a couple of games last year. It was really kind of just sad and disappointing that that goodbye didn't get to come in front of fans. You know what oh. I mean? The same with Seabrook, but because Shaw did play a couple games last year and it was great seeing him in a Blackhawks uniform again, it would have been nice to be able to have that in front of fans. And, and you already know when the Oilers come to town for the first time, Keith's getting a video, he's getting all that sort of thing. You know, like, it, it it's going to be good for, like, with fans in the stands, it's going to be, literally, it's going to be electric. It's going to be games that you're going to want to go to, and that's, yeah. I mean, Blackhawks being, you know, Stan Bowman being Stan Bowman. Yeah. Like, but still, well, um, Keith being back in uh, Chicago, 
that that's going to be on the same level as when um, Joel Quinville came back after his, where they try and like, they play the video, everyone's chanting Q and it didn't stop down before the next like face off that. Right. Keith deserves a lot. Um, I'm checking when he comes to Chicago, if there's any other games ahead of that. So no, March 3rd is actually the, the time he'll be in Chicago this year. So it'll the, be during Jalmerson's thing. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, they'll both, I mean, it'll be obviously Jalmerson's night, but Keith will get a, he'll get a tribute. Jalmerson deserves it. I feel like he did oh come back God. and play, but he does. Yeah. Oh my God. Jalmerson. Again, like a lot, like I'll stand by my statement saying like he's one of the most underappreciated parts of that core from when we, yeah. so he, he deserves, he, de- he deserves it as much as like Keith and Seabrook, all of them. Like, I feel like, they, I mean, he was an integral part of their championship runs, and he deserves it no matter what. I don't care what anyone says. Honestly, too, I'm excited for a couple of years from now when we get to that 2013 10-year celebration. You know, obviously, I hope that it comes with a little bit of success. Um, but that'll that'll be next year. Yeah, no, like that. That'll be cool to see guys like you know, Brian Bickle, you know, Dave Boland. Uh, yeah. well, the list goes on. You know, guys Jamal Jamal Mares. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Oduya. Yeah. Like, Roosevelt. There's some, there's some really good players from that group that definitely will get some kind of standing out when they come back yeah. to UC. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Bring them back. Um, love to see him back in, in Chicago, you know, that'd be fantastic to see. And it'll be a, a great celebration and, uh, you know, that'll be cool to see. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy that we're coming up on 10 years already, but, uh, yeah. another yeah. guy though, uh, Corey Crawford though. You know, uh, a little shocked he's not getting some kind of legacy night. Obviously, yeah. it's there's stuff behind the scenes. Maybe he's not available, but yeah. um, especially with, you know, last year having two rookie goalies and Lankinen, Subin, and then Delia too, you didn't really – it's not that you didn't miss Corey Crawford as much, but, like, there wasn't a Corey Crawford-level goalie in the net. Now with Marc-Andre Fleury – you can, you can argue that the years since 2015 when the Blackhawks began their decline, that the Blackhawks without Craig Coffer would have been like literally bottom of the league. Like they were like yeah. bottom third, you know, just starting like the basement of the league, but they would have been like, you know, like Detroit level bad. Yeah. Like, no, they, they really relied on, in my, in my opinion, three players, Kane, Keith Crawford. Right. Oh, during yeah. like that 2018 season especially those three guys were just that was it you know what i mean yeah. Yeah, oh, and, and, but then excuse me crawford then got hurt so you we i i almost, i don't know how that, i forgot that but like when he missed all that time with the concussion injuries and then you're riding that's when colin delia earned a contract extension with the team was he showed up and he played a couple good games and you really saw how much this team did rely on him yeah oh for sure yeah like he was he was the sole reason why this team wasn't an embarrassment, you know, for portions of the last five six years. So, um, yeah, uh, he was he's just one of the best goaltenders in Blackhawks history, and um, you know he didn't win three cups, but he still won two. He deserves you know some credit. I feel like it'll come someday. You know, obviously, like you said, could be some behind the scenes stuff. I'm really really hoping it's not because the Blackhawks just forgot or didn't do anything about it. But I, I have a feeling that he he will get something someday or another. And, um, he You're saying Crawford? Yeah, Crawford. Yeah. I, I mean, we do have to remember though that um, the two parties didn't really end on the best terms when 
True. He wanted a contract extension, but obviously I think um, time heals all wounds like that. And you look at the team now, they have all those different ambassadors with players that they traded away and gave up. And um, Crawford has a, a very good like history with this team where the point where the fans, fans, the fans want to give him an ovation. He earned it. Yeah. Um, and that, that'll happen sometime. Absolutely. Obviously, I also want to see like a guy like Hosa on the list too. But yeah, yeah, Hosa not be on the list is also weird. But then again, he's also I believe he's not even in the United States. He's I think he's at home. Right. So um, you know, obviously getting him back and all that, all that, that logistical, um, you know, mess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, planning that out, I'm sure is tough. So I mean, Hosa, I obviously is going to get something. So um, I mean, also you got to remember like. Um, this season, especially, I think it's a, a year where we're all going to have to watch the Blackhawks and pay attention a little bit closer because they're also going to be moving on from Ted Foley at the end of the year. You know, this yeah. is his. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's crazy. I mean, he's yeah. he's uh, as legendary as it gets for a hometown broadcaster. I mean, Pat Foley, he's had a, spent a ton of time with the Blackhawks. I mean, even before we were even born, he was he was uh, yeah. He was doing games for the Blackhawks. I mean, he, he's uh, he's made himself a name in Chicago. He's a staple, you know, on on uh, TVs, you know, and, and around Chicago and even you know across the league. His, his name's even known. Um, that's that's pretty sad to see him go. Kind of surprising. I feel like he can do it for, and uh, maybe not like a Vince Scully type thing where he goes until he literally like. I shouldn't say Vince Scully can't go anymore, but Vince Scully's pretty old. But you know, like. He, 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 I feel like he could keep going. I don't know what, what, what's going on with him, you know, not trying to speculate or anything, but it's uh, just really sad to see him go. Uh, him and him and Eddie, Eddie old check. Um, I mean, legendary, legendary. Uh, well, kind of, kind of just also, it feels like that passing of the generation from, yeah, no, you I know, mean, it's right. the players to also that too, where you, you're having the stadium has a new Jumbotron now since the last time they won ton of new players now and um some different voices now with the team too so yeah it'll be it's it, it's going to be it's going to be a good farewell season hopefully yeah, hopefully it gets a good ovation to see who they bring in you know if anyone from the blackhawks organization is listening i do play by play for the university of utah <laughs> hockey team so I, I i am available um they're looking for an end game arena host i think <laughs> well you, you know i don't know but uh, obviously just messing around, but um, yeah, no, interested to see. It's a great opportunity. Like just like seriously though, like you, you talk about Hawk Harrelson with the Chicago White Sox and they bring in Jason Benny. Like there's a, there's a really good chance for a broadcaster to come make a name for himself or herself. You know, you never know in Chicago. And um, I'm excited to see who they bring in, you know, obviously really sad to see Pat Foley go, but a great opportunity comes for some new broadcasters up and coming. Um, yeah. Like a, uh, for those of you who aren't in the broadcasting game, maybe look up like a guy like Joe Davis. He's a, he's a guy who came up pretty quick with Fox and the Los Angeles Dodgers, but like someone like that could be coming up behind Pat Foley. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to miss Pat Foley a lot. He's the reason, you know, not, he's not the reason I started watching the Blackhawks, but he's a big reason why I wanted to get in, into sports broadcasting and stuff like that. So he, I have a special place for him uh, in my heart and uh, you know, Really sad to see him go. I, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but uh, yeah, I mean, Pat Foley, no, 100. percent Yeah, I, I'm letting you speak because when I mean, for all the reader or listeners at home, excuse me, when when we were kids and we would play hockey outside, Patrick wouldn't just play hockey; he would be announcing it <laughs> as we played too. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I know that uh, the announcing side of things and everything that's something very near and dear to you. So, oh, yeah. I 
I think whoever does fill the fill the booth next is going to have obviously a big chair to fill, but then also they um, they should have some very fun hockey in front of them. Yeah, for sure. I, again, like I, I'm genuinely excited to see who they bring in. You know, I know, I know a lot of people sometimes don't like change. You know, change sucks, but uh, hopefully they bring in some some new guy who's who's got a lot of um, maybe not maybe not even a lot of experience. Just bring in a guy, give him a chance, and uh, you know, I'm excited to see what happens. But yeah, Pat Foley definitely a uh, legendary. You know, with his uh, all of his mannerisms. You know, tree, tree, tree in the short period. You know, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where's my crop? You know, like all, all of this stuff. He's uh he's uh he's just a, a staple when it comes to Chicago. He his voice will always be, you know, tied to the Blackhawks and tied to hockey in Chicago. And um, you know, when you when you go back and watch some of those legendary regular season games and even first round of the playoffs games, I think he even got to every once in a while. Um, you know, during that the, the dynasty run, like his voice is attached to it. And, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, like I was saying, like he's a, a big reason why I uh, got into sports broadcasting. I have uh, his autograph. I never met him, but I do have his autograph in my room, and it'd be cool to meet him someday. But, uh, yeah, definitely a big role model for me. Sad to see him go, but also genuinely excited to see what uh, is in the future for that uh, play-by-play spot for the Blackhawks. And also, they didn't say Edzo was leaving, so I'm assuming Adio is going to st- stick around uh, as well with this, whoever comes up next. So you never know. Um, but yeah, obviously, we'll legendary see. Legendary. He does, you know, he yeah. works for NBC. Well, he did work for NBC. I, I don't know what the future holds for him, but um, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I could talk about Pat Foley all day. He, he mm-hmm. deserves, he, you know, I think it's cool he gets a, uh, his own night too. That that's that was a really classic move. That was it was it was the right move too. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll obviously there's there's some games like that to watch this year for the stuff outside of the game, but also there's there's a lot of good matchups this year just because this team is. Really, on paper, we haven't had this high of an expectation for this team since 2017, 2016. We haven't had expectations since the last time Blackhawks fans had expectations. It was for them to win the Stanley Cup. And now we're, you know, now the expectations are, we can make the playoffs now. Well, to be fair, I mean, 2016 against St. Louis, they lost in a game seven. And that year, they, they had a pretty good roster. They had traded for Andrew Latt. There were expectations there. 2017, same thing. I'm just saying, like 2017, the, the when they got swept, when they got swept by the Nashville Predators, it ended things. It ended things, but people that year, the Blackhawks were first in the. People, yeah, people thought they were going to win the cup that year. A lot of people thought they could do it again. First in the, first in the conference, I think, I or first in the division. First in the Western Conference, yeah, yeah. Yep. So and then, this and is went, yeah, this is the first time. I mean, like, it's it's weird because. Obviously, with the Blackhawks, they were spoiled for so many years where the expectation was championship or the year was a it was a waste. You know, like if if you tell if you told me that the Blackhawks are going to have a year like 2014 right now where they're going to go to the conference final, I would be through the moon. I would be so happy about that. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Um, Obviously, that's that's a reach and a half right there. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. But yeah, you never know. You know, we'll see what they what ends up happening, you know. Depends on who's I mean, dude, yeah. the Montreal Canadiens made it to the Stanley Cup final. And the year before that, the Dallas Stars did. So anything can happen. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, wait, it was Montreal. Yeah. I mean, technically, you could even say that Montreal was the Western Conference. So the Stars were out of the Western Conference. You can say Montreal was out of the Western Conference. And 
Yeah, well, Tampa, <laughs> Tampa won the Central Division last year. So the Central Division holds the Stanley Cup right now. Yeah, it does. So, so that's division in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's the best division in the West. Um, is the Pacific ever good? Hey, <laughs> those hey, when they have like three hey, good lost, California teams. True. Not yet. The, all the California teams used to be pretty good, but hey, they lost the dead weight in Arizona. Now we have the dead weight in the Central Division with the Coyotes. But um, I mean, the Kraken—that actually—that might be some dead weight. Let's be honest. You remember all people said that the uh, Vegas Golden Knights okay, were gonna... but like, no, this Kraken, is completely different. This yeah, is completely. They didn't even try. I mean, they're, 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 they, they're, <laughs> uh, Francis, their GM, has got some up his sleeve. I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, I, I, I mean, you mentioned it. I do have a Seattle Kraken hat. Yeah, you on. took it off. Where'd it go? It's, <laughs> um, but the the Kraken are an interesting team. Where, I mean, the only thing they do have going for them is they're a completely new team. Um, their jerseys no one, are cool. Their jerseys are cool. Their arena looks awesome. No, I'm joking. Awesome. Um, <laughs> no, no one's no one's played them before, so they're. There is that little bit of like, I, you don't know what you're getting into. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. Um, I mean, that, that's totally fair. But just and the, I, the when it comes to expansion teams of the past, I feel like they will be better than what expansion teams used to be. They won't be as good as Vegas, but yeah. yeah. I mean, but they also are in the Pacific Division. So anything can happen for them. Yeah. You see that the problem with Vegas was, is, is they, they just completely shot every uh, new expansion team from here on out in the foot. I mean, how do you yeah. – the only way you beat Vegas is by winning the Stanley Cup in your first year, and that's near impossible to do. So, Well, yeah, did, uh, I think the for Gerard Gallant, the coach that um, the Vegas at the time, when it came time for him to like – now he's I think he's with New York, but uh, – there was a chance, like, I think he interviewed in Seattle. And, I mean, I don't know how what, – what you wouldn't want to be in that position, having been that successful with Vegas, because if – as the only thing you can do to make it look even better would be win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, right. I mean, um, that, was, that was crazy for Vegas. I mean, I, I, a lot of people – but, like, see, back, back when Vegas came in, I feel like a lot of people said Vegas was going to be bad – because they were an expansion team, not yes. because of the skill on their roster. People just said, oh, just because they're an expansion team, they're going to be bad. They're new. They don't know what they're doing. But if you really look at their roster from the day after their expansion draft, they had names. They had some dudes. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone expected. Uh, Carlson. I don't think anyone expected Carlson to put up the numbers he did. Mark and March or so was decent in Florida. I remember that for a fact. I remember like that pick was actually like a sneaky good pick. Like, yeah, true. Okay. Maybe no one expected them to put up those numbers, but like they, they still had some dudes like they, they, like they, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, when I look at the Kraken roster, some of the names I see, I'm like, who are you? I don't even know who you are. I think, um, where it was with, uh, well, Vegas. Oh yeah. I know some of these guys. But Vegas really just took advantage of the the potential draft capital. You know what I mean? Like yeah, oh. trading, like oh, you don't want me to take that guy? Fine, I won't take that guy. But you need to give me 
a player or a pick or something. Yeah. And that's why their team does look to be pretty well positioned. But when you, like, when you look at that roster, very few people would have thought that William Carlson would put up 43 goals that first year. Um, Jonathan Marcheseau, if you had said that he's a 75-point player, I, I don't think many people would have thought that that was his best year in the NHL, and he's not been able to go back up to that number. No, I'm, I'm, um, again, I'm not saying that people right, were right. supposed to expect career seasons. I'm just like they were those like Carlson and Marcheseau, just taking those two players, yeah. for example, are, were decent players, players that I'm like, okay, taking a chance on these young guys. Mm-hmm. Seattle aren't like they could have had a better roster, plain and simple. They're the, the could have been's. You know, if we go back and do the expansion draft all over again and not necessarily pick players to make the best team now, like pick some players to help you out with in the future, pick some good cornerstones now. I mean, what, what, who are their cornerstones? Eberle, Alexiak, Grubauer? No one from the Blackhawks, I'll say that. They, uh... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who, who, who are, I mean, like, these are the guys they're building around, and these are the guys that are going to be their, like, the guys that, that wore the jerseys on expansion draft day? I mean, come on. This is, uh, I don't know. but Hey, uh, Mark Giordano. Yeah. <laughs> That I can't even believe that. That was that was just like. No, I mean he's a good defenseman. I, I guess he's older. Yeah, yeah he's but old. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. We're, we're not even talking about the Blackhawks anymore. But we are. But the, but hey, it's uh. It's, <laughs> no, we're, we can be an NHL pod sometimes. Hey, that's okay. The only reason we're criticizing all these moves is because of what Vegas did. It's fair. That's fair. I mean, if Vegas never was, if Vegas never, <laughs> no, but if Vegas never put, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if like, if you start with the Seattle Kraken, the way this roster looks, and then like all of a sudden the Vegas Golden Knights came two years later, that would make sense. That'd be like, Oh my gosh, that team's awesome or something, but Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Now the Kraken, they just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I do think there's something I, I just, I don't know. I really don't know if that team. And I, I want to like them. I, I think their colors are cool. I think their jerseys are cool. Still should have, still should have think. But I still think they should have been the Cascades. But the Kraken's still pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Official quote from Patrick. Everybody, he doesn't know. So uh, we'll leave it. We'll leave. I, we'll leave that one at that. I don't want to say anything. You know, I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> We're just trying to fill up the 50-minute show today. Um, yeah. I, I mean, very little Blackhawks news. Training camp's right around the corner. Yeah, we're um, sure. Yeah. Um, when, I guess I'm just going to toss this question at you before we bring in Jeremiah for the uh, site contributor check-in. But what if you had to pick one player that's going to have a breakout season where, you know, out of the guys that probably isn't really looked at right now to be have a good year, who would it be? Um, this might be picking, piggybacking off of you and based on things you've said before, but just after looking at some other things, I think Riley Stillman's poised for a cool year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, talk, I mean, like I'm talking, you know, I'm not going to pick Kirby doc. I'm not going to pick like these, the guys who are going to have good years. I, I think that Riley Stillman is, I mean, he's not going to have an all-star year, but I think he's going to have a good year, better. Like a, he's going to show improvement. He, like he's going to have he's going to progress more than he has. And I think he's like, again, one of the more solid pickups from the Blackhawks as of lately for me, he's, he's my like pick to click as Hawk Carlson or yeah. they, they do it for the White Sox. Like 
he's my pick to click for the for the Blackhawks this year. I think he's going to show a lot of improvement. I think he's got a great opportunity to do so. Um, and I'm ex- I'm really excited to see how he plays. Like he's one of the players that I'm like, you know, I don't really know what to expect, but I feel like you're going to have a good year. Well, yeah, especially with like all the other veterans that they did add, like Jake McCabe and um, Seth Jones. Maybe veteran isn't the right word there, but like just good defensemen they have. Oh yeah, Stillman um definitely can. I think take it an even step further, especially because it's the second year with the team. Like he has a little bit of sure, yeah, no, I'm under his belt, right? Yeah, right. He can get settled in. He's got fans behind him now. You know, it's a different game in a way, and um, I think he, I think he's going to have a good year. That's he's my pick for right now. I feel like you know, out of guys that you look at that you won't expect a lot from, and you, you like a breakout player that you who people wouldn't really think about. I think that'd be a guy who you can look at and say, yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. All right, we are here with Jeremiah Lee, longtime Blackhawk Up contributor. Jeremiah, how are you doing? Doing good. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you. Um, so today with this Blackhawks contributor check-in, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about the future play style of the team. Uh, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on that right off the bat? Uh, my thoughts on the future play style is I'm expecting more or less of what happened last year because they were really electrifying offensively, like, if you give Alex Brinkett the puck, he can bear it from anywhere. You give Patrick Kane the puck, he can make a play and win the game for you. So I have a feeling that they're going to go along with that same play style, especially with the addition of Seth Jones, because Seth Jones is offensively minded. He is all systems go for offense. Defense, he kind of doesn't pick up the slack like he should. But because of that, you can expect a lot more goals for the Blackhawks this year because of the addition of offensively minded defensemen that they will be playing a lot. And it's just going to be constant track and field hockey, just back and forth. There's no way they're going to stop that. Now, obviously, you know, you have Kane, you have to bring it on either side, but you need to have the right guy down the middle. Um, A lot of people think Kirby Doc's going to be that guy. Do you think that? I feel like Kirby Doc will have his uh, breakout season this upcoming year because I feel Mm -hmm. like he – he should have enough time on that wrist to rest it properly to where he can play to his full potential. I feel like he was limited last year just because of that fractured wrist. And because he had that time to take the break, I really feel like it is going to be his time to show that he can actually lead the Blackhawks to the next generation of Blackhawks hockey and be the next star for the Blackhawks going forward. Yeah, and speaking of which, too, like up the middle, you know, obviously that kind of brings up the question of Jonathan Tate. Jeremiah, what do you think about with Jonathan Tate, we obviously got that announcement this summer about, you know, what was going on with him and what he his plans are for this future season. What do you see this season with Jonathan Tate? A, does he come back? Uh, and B, if he does come back, how do you see him playing? I feel like he'll for sure come back because you saw what Connor Murphy said about him in training camp, right? He looks pretty good. He is looks like he's on the right track towards coming back to the Blackhawks this upcoming year. I do feel like he will be playing second line center though, just because they want to get Kirby Doc up and running because he's been here for about three seasons now. So I feel like they really want him to get that first line time. So Jonathan Taze will probably be, be a bump back to the second line. But even in the second line, you got a lot of wingers who can really help you with your development there too. Like he's not going to be like your flashy, you know, make highlight real plays like he used to. But he will still be able to give the Blackhawks that second line offensive input that you really need from him. So yeah. I feel like he will probably be on a line with Dominic Kubalik and 
probably Henrik Borgstrom, if I'm being completely honest. So, or Lucas Reichel. He got a lot of potential for explosiveness on the second line as well. So I feel like he'll be, be he will be bumped back down to the second line. But even on the second line, you still have enough time to, or enough of an electrifying offense to still do the same thing as the first line. So he will come back. He will be on the second line probably. But even on the second line, he will still give a ton of offensive output. I mean, let's be fair. Like a team with Patrick Kane on it for the past 10 years, there's an argument to be made that maybe Taze was the quote-unquote second line that entire time, you know? Um, Patrick right. Kane's line is always going to be that offensive line of mine. Oh, I yeah. saw I, – I don't know who – where I heard this or where I read this, but I like this idea. Um, if Taze comes back this year and he isn't at 100% to start the season because the season is a grueling thing, um, the team could choose to play him in like a fourth line or third line role as the like a defensive center and then gradually work his way up. So I think there's a lot of potential ways that they could use Jonathan Taze. I will, I'm going to say the Connor Murphy quote on Taze real quick. He looks great. It's cool to see. Right when he came in, he had the same drive and excitement he's always had to train hard and work on his game. It's nice to see him finally getting rewarded to be healthy, back on the ice, and ready to go. Um, You know, Jeremiah, you talked about, like, a need for identity from this team, and there's some big physical players the team added. Um, uh, Seth Jones is 6'4", Connor Murphy is 6'4". There's there's some size on this team. Do you think that they could, like, play a physical role, which they haven't really done in the past? Um, so I remember reading this article. I forgot who it was from or who it was by, but they said that Jeremy Colleton gave Stan Bowman like a to-do list of what he wanted for the next year. And on the top of that list was more of a physical presence on the team. So you saw what he did. He went and got Jake McCabe, who does not shy away from dropping those gloves. Mm-hmm. Kiara, who literally only drops the gloves. He got a bunch of feisty guys like Tyler Johnson onto the team. So you really think that what they're going towards is Still, they're going to have offensive-minded hockey. But at the same time, they have the guys who can actually be a physical presence of a coming year. Because I'm pretty sure we all saw last year. What they would do is that they would be offensively-minded, survive on defense, and get in no skirmishes whatsoever. And I I think that was a really... um, That killed their momentum in so many games. And because of that, I feel like with the addition of these guys, you can actually drop the gloves hit people and actually be that intimidating physical presence that you might need on any hockey team. I feel like they added those guys. So you can expect more of a pushback when people are bullying them this coming year, like Florida bullied the Blackhawks, no end Tampa Bay destroyed the Blackhawks and every facet of the game. And when they intimidated the Blackhawks, they wouldn't do anything about it. They would literally just sit back and go, okay, you beat us in every facet of this game. I'm going to let you embarrass me even more physically. So with these new additions, they probably won't be doing that as much. But I do feel like they will be adding more of a physical, in-your-face kind of hockey because that's what they always have, but they didn't have those physical aspects of that game, and now they do. So I feel like that's like the upgrade for this coming yeah, year. I really agree with that. I like – like you look at the blue line now, Seth Jones, 6'4", Connor Murphy, 6'4". Um, Alex Ragula, who I think should get a really good look this season, 6'4". Oh, me too. Um, Cal, like Calvin DeHaan, 6'1". Uh, and then you still have Jake McCabe, 6'1", who you said is not af- afraid to drop the um, gloves. And Riley Stillman, who I think is a probably one of the sneakier 
better picks from Bowman from this last year at the trade. Um, For sure. He's he's six one two. So they have size on the blue line, which right. I mean, they have not had in a long time like that. Patrick, do you like what? What are your thoughts on that? About what the size and the blue line, or sure, yeah. Well, we'll go, we'll go there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of had we talked about it last week a little bit, just about the defense as a whole, um, just not being there. You know, like we were like, all right, you know, the Blackhawks go out and score six goals, but lose the game seven to six. Like we, yeah, we had that conversation, and then I brought up the the classic uh, Patrick Kane Austin Matthews game with the whole like, can you hear me celebration? That's like the honestly like. Like we were saying, like that's the that would be like the if there is any way to describe the Blackhawks since the their uh, return or I shouldn't say return, but since they've been out of the playoffs since they won their last Stanley Cup, I feel like that's it. They've still had good offense because you said they still have Patrick came, but I do like them bringing size back. Um, I, I agree with the points that you guys made for for sure. <clears throat> um, bringing a physical presence back would be good for this team. Like it, it's been absent for so long, um, and so. Honestly, you know, that will change. Like they're, like you're saying, their, their identity might be a little bit different this coming season. Um, you know, with size and on the, the blue line, I feel like this team can, can do a lot more damage. And, you know, like, they, like Jeremiah was saying, like they won't just get pushed around and, you know, dominated. You say in every facet of the game, I agree with that, but also just like they won't just get pushed around as easily. You know, they're going to have to go through that sizable blue line that the Blackhawks have now. And, you know, I think it's yeah. definitely a good thing to add some size and some physicality because, like, look at a team like the Boston Bruins. They're just like textbook you know, physical big team all the time. And look how successful they've been. Like they've been in the playoffs consistently for the last like 10, 15 years. It's been, it's been a good showing for them. So that just goes to show you how physical showing could go for your team. And it is important to note though, that there is other ways to win besides being physical, you know, the the quota you have to win. No, no. I'm just saying like adding that back to this team, like it was kind of absent for a while, but adding it back is going to, I going to bring, bring a positive change on the team. You know, it's not going to be the way they win yeah. by far. They're not the Boston Bruins. They're not that, They're not going to be that physical, but they're going to – bringing that back is going to be, I think, a good thing. I don't think yeah, they I have this – I agree with Patrick, actually. I agree with Patrick, too, because I'm not saying that they will be like like the Boston Bruins from 2011 who completely bulldozed their way through the playoffs <laughs> to win the Stanley Cup. You guys remember that, right? Like the big right. bad Bruins coming back in 2011. Oh, yeah. That will not – the Blackhawks are not that way. They have the guys who are big, but they don't have that mean tenacity kind of thing. Brandon Hagel has it, but he's like 5'10". But like <laughs> these guys actually have physicality now and with their determination from last year, right, they would never be out of a game. They would yeah. always be down by like a goal or something in the third period. You go, oh, this game's done. And somehow out of nowhere, they score a goal, tie the game, win it in overtime. You go, what the heck just happened? So I'm saying that like they have that determination to win, but now they have the determination, the offense, the defense, and now the physicality input to actually go the, the extra mile. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I kind of want to hear both of your inputs on just like this kind of like, Jeremiah bringing that up, kind of like, oh, my God, like, all of a sudden we're back in the game. Like, that, that just brings back so many, like, memories from last season, the season before. I'm like, well, like what the heck are the Blackhawks? Like, what, what's going exactly. on? They just came back from, like, a three-goal deficit, but, like, this team isn't, like, going to make the play. Like, they're not, like, super good. Like, personally, I, I think that, like, a big thing that Blackhawks need to focus on this coming season is being the teams they should beat. Like I remember when they were in the mix of the playoff race last season, they lost like two games or three games to Detroit when they had a series with Detroit. And it's like, you got to be right. capitalizing on those opportunities to win games. You need to win. 
Right. And I also think that it's also a lot about strategy because Jeremy Colleton's issue last season, I don't think, I don't know if you guys saw this too, but he would change strategies like right in the middle of the game that would not work. But he was keep on doing that. It's like pushing a square peg through a circular hole or something. Like his strategies and his way of coming, of trying to answer the opponents would get easily countered, right? So I really do think that even though they have the pieces to win, and they are that team who can just win games out of nowhere and you go home or you turn off the television going, how do they do that? That's insane. I feel like that's strictly on the players. Like the players win that game and the coach just stands there not knowing what happened along with the fans. I feel like Jeremy Colleton, along with the identity of this team, he needs to take that next, the next step forward and actually make those strategies and those adjustments that will help his team win in every facet of the game, keep them in it and motivated to actually do well. And not just go home with the fans going, whoa, our team just won. I don't know what happened here. Like, he needs to be more sound as a coach. Like, that's also another thing. Like, I think I wrote, uh, yeah, I think I wrote an article on this where I said that he needs to take that next that next step to actually be that respectful NHL coach that you need to win. If he doesn't do that, this team will be another, at best, wild card team. If he doesn't, this team is, this this team is not going anywhere. Even even so, even with these additions, it's only coach now. His leash is very short. That's my that's my prediction. I agree with that. And, you know, you talk about one of your recent articles. Uh, another player who's going to have to be really good this year is going to be Patrick Kane, again, for this team. You, um, Kane reliably has been the best player on the ice. Alex Dabrinkit was also pretty good last season. But when you talk about Kane's legacy, he is missing one important chapter. Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on that? All right. So he's missing international success. He has yeah. been on many American teams who never had that skill and never had those players on his team who can actually pick up the pick up the slack if there is any on that team. And Patrick Kane was dependent on in the 2014 Olympics. He did not meet that expectation, and his team went out in the fourth place match. So I'm saying that even though his NHL career is among the best resumes in this current era of NHL hockey he needs that international success the gold medal in the Olympics would absolutely cap that off but even a silver medal in this Olympics would be amazing for his career because if you look at his past results he got a silver he got a bronze and he got seventh eighth fifth I think at one point so he needs that international success to actually push his resume that much further this is controversial I know but I'm just saying that Every legend has done amazingly at the international level. He has I not mean, done I, that yet, but he's done it as of late. So I really do think that his legacy will add another at least silver medal to the coming year because he started adding that international presence into the game. But he didn't have that team to help him in the world championships. But this Olympic game will actually push him forward because he has the guys who can actually win with him. I think his, his, he already does have a great resume. Um, right. I'm just saying that internationally, yeah. it's kind of lacking. I, it's how much of that, that do you think is like, like I do vividly remember 2014, like him under, I mean, underperforming for Patrick. Yeah. Kane, you know? I do remember that, but like 2010, every other year, I think it like, just comes down like, to but, there but, being but, better teams. I, but I was right. going to say like Canada is like, I mean, just insane team Canada, 2010 and like, you know, 2000 it just part of it i feel like comes down to just like they they ran in 2010 they just ran into the i mean 
one of the greatest Olympic teams of all time. I mean, obviously you have the Soviet Union and stuff like that for back in the day, but of like since the modern, you know, since yeah. the two thousands, like that was that was uh, a really good Canadian team that they ran into, and that was a right. I mean, geez, that's like one of the most legendary moments in probably Canadian international hockey history. Oh yeah, the golden goal, goal is everywhere in Canada. Yeah, but, right. Like, I'm saying that like not like not just the teams he runs into, but like the stat line is throughout the entire tournament, right? And you can't say that he plays a good team in every single game that he played true. in the Olympics because true. there are really bad teams there too. Yeah, right. True. <laughs> so I'm just saying that like yeah. he will. I'm very sure. I'm almost confident that he will do much better this upcoming year in the 2022 Winter Olympics. I'm and sure his he team, wants it. he got Dude, Austin Matthews I mean, now. Yeah, he Austin Matthews to bring that. It's going to be good. He has so many guys on that team who can just take over games now. So I'm like, all the like every piece is set up for them to succeed now. True, and but the road the road to gold still has to go through Canada. Like, there's I know, that's the problem. No, no, I'm saying it actually like, has to go through uh, Germany. Remember Germany's run in 2000 or yeah, it was 2018. Remember that? Yeah. Hey, Man. they got Liam well, Drysaddle. Remember though, the NHL wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. the, like the American team sucked. All right, like, every team in that Olympic game was like, "What is this? Russia's going to win." They got the KHL. They're going to destroy everybody here, right? Well, this upcoming Olympics, it's like. Patrick Kane is will be on Team USA. So will Austin Matthews and like the young guys who you had no idea would even be here. Like you wouldn't think Austin Matthews would be a generational star in like 2014, right? And then you come up to 2022, you're like, you got so many franchise cornerstones on Team USA now. It's not just Patrick Kane. They are more offensively minded now because that's where hockey's going. So I'm like, even though he slacked off in 2014, he slowly picked up the pace, carried his team to a bronze medal in one of the world championships. And now he will be in 2022 with franchise cornerstones. He's still Patrick Kane. He will he will at least win like bronze. That's like this at the low point. If if they run into Team Canada in the semifinals, he'll go bronze. But they go as it's as I believe it should. They will go at least silver and challenge Canada for the gold in a very toughly contested match. So that's that's my viewpoint on that. There um. There is something to be said, though, that when you look at projections of Team Canada's roster right now, oh, um, Carmen John David, Sidney Crosby, Nathan no, McKinnon, the list just, goes on, man. Just the, the fourth line includes names like John Tavares, Steven Stamkos, Mark Shifley. I mean, the, it's, it is just on a completely different level how good Team Canada is. They, I mean, they put out like career – amazing elite super teams in the past, but this year is just going to be on a completely other level. We would have seen this in 2016 if they didn't have Team North America. You knew watching that that, uh, World Cup, you knew that Team USA and Team Canada would be loaded in 2022 if they go to the the Winter Olympics. Because everyone said they wouldn't go in 2018, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. So when you see Team North America, that team was insane. Like all the young guns, all the future franchise cornerstones were on one team. And you pretty much knew that at least you would have Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby all playing and team, uh, team Canada. And you knew that Austin Matthews, Johnny Goodrow would go to team USA. So you knew they would be stacked with the coming Olympics. So yeah, don't forget uh, that was a good precursor. Jay quick for the backstop. Once again, <laughs> Uh, see about that. I, don't I don't know about that. that. <laughs> I don't uh, know about that. I'm pretty sure Carey Price will be back for Team Canada, or at least Mark, uh, Fleury will be back for Team Canada. 
But the goaltending for Team USA is a bit of a question mark, yeah. in my opinion. I was just that, like, I think that's like the, their main weak point. Like, well, not again, because Jonathan Quick just <laughs> carried them <Yeah. laughs> in yeah. international tournaments. But now it's like, I don't know, because Jonathan Quick isn't the reliable goaltender in those kind of moments like he used to. I'm pretty sure he still is, but he just doesn't have it anymore. That That's my viewpoint on that. But it's going to be a dogfight, man. Patrick Kane's going to do his best to get that gold, but that's I'm I don't know about this year. <laughs> It's still 2026. He's Patrick Kane. He's going to play till he's like 50. Or That's what we huh. talked about. That. Me and Jimmy were talking about that at one point. I think he's. I think this won't be his last Olympics. Maybe he has one more or no. You never know. This guy's going to be right. Tom Brady, man. He's going to he's gonna keep playing until he's like 45 and put up like 85-point seasons. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah. Well, thank you for joining the podcast today. For everyone who wants to check out Jeremiah's work, check him out on blackhawkup.com. Jeremiah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Have a nice evening, guys. Wow, that was a really great talking to Jeremiah. That was a fantastic interview. I really like talking about uh, the Olympics. That was a fun conversation to have, uh, especially because it's coming up this year. That's going to be really fun to, to watch. But yeah, really great to have on our first contributor, Jeremiah. We got already a, another one set up for next week, too. I'm really excited for that. Um, but yeah, great interview with Jeremiah. I, I, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It was great having him on. Um, and next week we have Steve Dishon, and that's also going to be a great time. Oh, yeah. uh, Steve's one of the longest running tenured uh, contributors with the site. So it's going to be great talking with them. Absolutely. Obviously uh, it's, it's going to be a long week until we talk. Yeah. Not much Blackhawks news, hopefully knock yeah. on wood. Yeah. Um, no news is good news. No news is good news for right now, just because we, I, the lineup seems to be just kind of like in place. And now it's just time for training camp and getting the team ready for preseason hockey. Can you believe it? In a couple of yeah, weeks, no, Pat, I, we're going to be talking about some games. I know. I'm excited. Uh, I'm just excited for teams to launch training camp, you know, start it, just get guys on the ice as, as a group, you know, it's just something to talk about. Um, you know, we're kind of in the dog days of the off season. We're getting to where it's just getting like so boring. It's like, Oh my God, just like, let's, I mean, the, 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 uh, the yes, Barry stuff was good. That was good for the off season. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're at just at the point where it's like, Oh, just, we need some guys to hit the ice. We need some, you know, pucks tickling the twine. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait till we do this pod with the uh, actual games going on, you know, during the season. I'm so excited for that. 100%. And you know what? We're going to end it now so that we can get closer to it. So next time you yeah. hear from us, we'll be one week closer to hockey. Thank you for listening, say, everybody. Yeah, the, the quicker we, we end this podcast, the quicker we'll be to opening night. So I, 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 <laughs> I, I know we should probably go. Yeah. So everyone have a great day. <laughs>